Well, hello there, everyone. Alexis Brooks from Higher Journeys back with another episode of Conscious Commentary. How are y'all doing today on this fine day, wherever you may be on this little blue planet? Me, I'm doing eh, okay, considering that it's chilly and cloudy and we're getting ready for a bit of a snowstorm here in New England, but nonetheless, uh, all is well. Well, listen, I wanted to uh, I wanted to share uh, something with you. I've been doing conscious commentary now for probably a couple of years at this point. And uh, look, I'm never in a, at a shortage for subjects to talk about because there's so many fascinating things to muse about, aren't there? But this time I decided to, to do something a little bit different. Uh, I went to my Facebook page and I said, hey, journeyers, I have a proposition for you. I want each of you, if you can, to give me a suggestion on what you would like me to talk about in the next episode of Conscious Commentary. And so here we are. And I did get uh, several, I got about mm, about a half dozen, about a half dozen suggestions. I'd like to get more. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I did get some excellent suggestions on topic. So it was kind of difficult to decide, but I, I looked at every everyone's request and I decided upon uh, a request put out by journeyer Timothy Mark Robinson. Shout out to you, man. Excellent, excellent suggestion. And I'm going to read what he wrote uh, in terms of his request verbatim. He said, what about musings on time and consciousness? He says, I've been reading a book co-authored by Julia Mossbridge called Premonition Code. And that would be The Premonition Code, The Science of Precognition and How Sensing the Future Can Change Your Life. Looks like a great book, by the way, Timothy. Uh, Keep on reading. In the meantime, I have decided to take you up on your suggestion. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Precognition. I'm going to call this precognition, probable realities and the role of consciousness. Now, just by the inference here, we've got three big subjects on the table. We're talking about sensing the so-called future precognition. Probable realities is something I decided to sort of add to this because this is something that has been discussed in other circles uh, in areas of research before in terms of the probability of uh, play out in our 3D world. So I'm going to bring that into it. And then, of course, what underlies all of this? I call it the C word, consciousness, something that still eludes all of us. So, you know, I'd say obviously the jury is still out on how all of this works. I mean, even the absolute definition of consciousness is still, I would say, a quagmire for most, if not all of us. But we're all trying to explore that which we are of uh, made of, and that is consciousness. So without further ado, let's let's get into that. Again, there are so many entry points that we could use here, but I want to try to stay as tight to Timothy's uh, suggestion as I can. So again, he wants me to muse about time and consciousness um, all within sort of the uh, the uh, umbrella or under the umbrella uh, called premonition or precognition. And by the way, I use those terms interchangeably. I had uh, just a little uh, digression for a moment. I was on Rosemary Ellen Guiley's show. Uh, I believe it's called Strange Dimensions. Unfortunately, it's no longer on the air. But she had me on about a year year or so ago to discuss premonition 
and precognition. And we kind of went back and forth on that because, I, again, I think the, the jury is out a little bit on whether the, the terms can be used interchangeably or they're the same thing. One may have more of a negative connotation or sort of a foreboding, um, you know, kind of heavy connotation when we speak of premonition, omen, uh, whereas precognition mm, tends to be used in a more um, universal sense literally being able to sense the future, bad, good, or indifferent, whatever it may be, whether it's uh, something that's uh, seemingly, uh, you know, not good, a negative thing, or mundane things. Nonetheless, I'm going to continue to use the terms interchangeably here for the purpose of this discussion. Now, there's a few things that I'd like to hit on here, and I've got some notes, so bear with me. I hope I can kind of wrap all of this together. Uh one of the questions I have often asked myself in terms of what is a, a precognition and how does it actually work? Do we influence the outcome that we foresee in a precognition, let's say a dream precognition, by the mere fact that we have foreseen it? Let me say this again. Are we bringing about the reality of an event, a thing, a person, place, or thing, the outcome by the mere fact that we are foreseeing it, are observing it, let's say in the dream state? This is something that I brought up in my in my interview with uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley uh, when I was on her show a while back, as I just mentioned. Uh, really have pondered that. In other words, what do we have skin in the game? <laughs> I've said this before. Are we participating in the outcome, not just observing it? So I decided to go to uh, my old reference. Uh, I, I say old, this is still perennial wisdom as far as I'm concerned. The work of Seth, the entity channeled by Jane Roberts, because I think his body of work is simply second to none. Now, I I consider myself a student of the Seth material. I've read much of the material many years ago. But I have to tell you that when I when I I, I got the uh, feeling that I needed to pull out one of his books today to see if I could find a reference to what I'm what I'm getting at here. And lo and behold, I found exactly what I was looking for. And I have to tell you, I can't say that I recall his approach on this. Um, so th th my whole pondering the idea that we may be influencing the outcome by having the precognition, by being a part of it, by witnessing it. Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? But let me tell you what he had to say. I say he, the entity known as Seth. He was asked by a member of, a, there was an ESP class uh, sessions that Jane Roberts did in, in the channeled state. This is back in 1971, where one of the ESP class participants asked about precognitive dreams. And here's what Seth had to say. And I quote, he says, the suggestion involved in, in a precognitive dream brings about the event. So it seems when the dream becomes real, you have looked into a future that already existed, but instead you have formed, you have formed the event, not realizing that it had its origin at the time that you slept. And when I read that today, I said, aha, <laughs> aha, I think this is kind of what I've been wondering. Are we really witnessing something that is to play out in the, quote, future? Or just by the virtue of the suggestion that's given to us in the dream, we are helping to actualize it. In other words, 
when it's in the dream state, and I don't know, I, this may be not exactly what he's saying, but I'm I'm saying, what if in the dream state, when we're having this uh, the, this scenario that appears to be very real to us at the time, let's take this in, in quantum terms, that it is a probable reality, something that Seth also uh, refers to quite often, that being, it is a wave, it is not yet actualized, formed, and then, but by virtue of observing it, we bring it into reality, and thus it becomes a particle. That's that sort of wave particle duality or or the transition from wave to particle. I don't know. I don't want to go too far off on a tangent there, but I, th- I find that interesting this whole idea of our being so stuck on the idea of linear time, past, present, and future. And so when we have, let's say, a dream that we're going to get a call from someone, let's say, or in the dream, we get a call from a a long lost friend that we haven't heard from in years. And then lo and behold, the next day that person calls. That would be considered in the classical sense, a precognition. But could it be that in the dream state, in that this is a probability, and the mere fact that you put attention on it brought it to fruition? An interesting thing, which brings me to this idea that I call, and many others in this field of research call, simultaneous time. Again, we just talked about this idea that we are so habituated to a linear lifestyle. There's yesterday, today, and tomorrow, past, present, and future. But we do know that the discussion about simultaneous, the simultaneity of time in that all events are unfolding or at least existing at some level concurrently. So it brings me to the question, again, you, you know you know me guys, I've got more questions than answers, <laughs> that's for sure. But it brings me to the question, is premonition or precognition a misnomer? Could events be unfolding simultaneously, at least as far as insofar as probable realities are concerned? This could in part explain why we're getting hits about the future when it's actually all happening and literally alive at the same time. But once again, alive at some level, what we're looking at is what uh, eventually, in some cases, will uh, concretize at a physical level. This is this is fascinating to me. I, you know, I, I've put the same sort of uh, caveat, I suppose, or condition on when we when we think of reincarnation. Is that a misnomer? Are all incarnation incarnations happening at some level at the same time? So maybe we're not being given a pre anything in order to to alter or prevent it, but by default we're we're sort of plugged into it anyway. And this brings me, I'm going to go from one thing to another here, this whole idea of the field. The field. This has been talked about. We could call it the Akashic field or Akashic record. Lynn McTaggart refers to it also as the field the divine matrix. I believe all of these have common elements in that there is a repository where all information lives, including events, so-called past, present, and future. If we are plugged into that field, which I have a sense that we may very well be, then 
how is it? Or, you know, obviously the, the, the likelihood that we're occasionally going to bump into, depending on the frequency that we, as well as the information is on, if that's aligned and we get the hits or that particular hit of an event that's to play out, that would make sense because we're plugged into everything. But for some reason, at certain times, there are bleed throughs where the likelihood of something playing out will hit us. And that may come in the form of what we call a precognitive dream. Does that make sense? It's, you know, it's complex. None of this stuff that we're talking about is simple. And yet there is a a simplicity to some aspects of it. Again, reviewing simultaneous time. Is this really pre anything? Or is it existing? Is it omnipresent, only not in a uh, materialized form? And are we participated, participating in it becoming materialized by simply observing it? Going back to this quote, I love what Seth says. The suggestion involved brings about the event. The suggestion being what we're seeing brings about the event. So it seems when the dream becomes real, you have looked into a future that already existed. But instead, that's not the case. He says, instead, you have formed the event, not realizing that it had its origin at the time you slept. I think that's pretty uh, compelling. And yet that's his purview. Again, jury's still out. Uh, Let's now move on to a little bit more about the field. I'm calling this the field emotion and consciousness. Now, going back to the conversation that I had with, I call her Ro, Rosemary, with Ro uh, a year or so ago, we talked about in the context of how uh, precognition, this isn't, as I recall, this wasn't directly pertaining to precognition, but it involves it. And it has to do with emotion. And she said something that I absolutely agree with, because I think emotion I always say when we say emotion, we're really talking about in motion, making things move, including the outcome of things. And she said so aptly, emotion is the electricity that psi, meaning psychic phenomena, runs on. Emotion is the electricity that psi runs on. I tend to agree. I've always felt that there's something, uh, call it magical or something very definitive that happens when emotional intensity is applied to anything, whether it be uh, intense emotion of fear or anger or hatred or emo- uh, strong emotions having to do with love and happiness. Uh, either way, the more intense the emotion, I say the more intense the emotion, the more the, the deal can be sealed to turn a probable reality into an actual reality, right? Emotion. This is something I, I think I might do a whole episode on because I think this is worth looking at. And again, whether you're looking at uh, states of what we would consider to be negative emotion, of anger, of hatred, of jealousy, even of sadness, of grief, or of euphoria, bliss, <laughs> some people say, uh, just extreme excitement and happiness. The intensity of the emotion is what makes things happen. It seals the deal. Perhaps including as it pertains to precognition. Let's say we have a precognitive dream. And let's take an example that it was, oh, 
it, it, it sort of had a negative connotation. It was, you know, well, we know, obviously, that 9-11, I don't want to assume everyone knows, but it has been documented that so many people said that they had a foreshadowing in the form of a dream regarding 9-11 or some aspect of it. And of course, it played out. Now, plugging in my uh, previous hypothesis, and in fact, what Seth had to say, that just in the act of observing it, uh, we were f- we had a stake in forming it. That, you know, when we're talking about something like 9-11, one might argue, oh, God, no, I had nothing to do with it. Okay, well, we'll leave that on the table for the time being. But let's think about the emotion, not only the emotion, certainly in the play out of 9-11, but even in the dreams that were had. And those individuals that had those dreams, that emerged from those dreams, of course, at the time, not knowing that it would play out in some way, I'm sure there was an intensity of emotion that was associated with the dream itself, almost like a nightmare. We've all had nightmares that were just literally heart pounding. Lots of emotion was put in it, even in the aftermath, right? So is that the electricity that can actually contribute to manifesting the reality that you think you saw in the dream state as a future event. (laughs) It gets a little tangled, but it's something to think about. And I think what's most powerful here is if that is the case, even in part, imagine if we can direct the activity in our dream. This, of course, has been talked about. If we can conjure certain scenarios in our dream state, apply intense emotion to them, hmm, might we have some effect in the 3D play out in the outcome? i.e. the manifestation, intention. This is something worth looking at. And again, I stress, I am sure that I am not the first or only person that has approached it from this from this perspective. I'm just kind of putting a whole bunch of things together here. But, you know, before we go any further, we cannot uh, not mention that consciousness, whatever it is, is at the heart of it all. If emotion is the electricity that Psy runs on, I dare say that consciousness is the infrastructure that the electricity needs to be working. Consciousness. I want to go into that a little bit. Uh, again, pulling off my bookshelf. I love my, my book collection. Bless my book collection. I've, I've, I have read so much over the years, and it's it's just interesting that all of it occasionally go back and just pull something somewhat randomly off the shelf uh, and find something that is absolutely apropos for what I'll be either thinking about or talking about or writing about. Well, today was also the case with a book by Dr. Dean Radin called The Conscious Universe. You may have heard of it, uh, written back in 1997. And uh, what I sort of thumbed through or found my way to is where he was discussing some of the properties of consciousness. And let's see how this plays into the larger discussion we're having right now. I'm going to read to you uh, a quote. He says, quote, the first property, properties of consciousness we're talking about, the first property is that consciousness extends beyond the individual and has quantum field-like properties. Remember, we just uh, referred to the field, and I believe this is what he's referring to. It has field-like properties in that it affects the probabilities of the events. Okay? Second, consciousness injects order into systems in proportion to the strength of consciousness present. Let me stop there. I am deducing 
that when he speaks of strength, he's talking about the emotion, the emotional intensity that's applied, that that is what places uh, these systems in order and makes a likelihood of them playing out. He then says, third, the strength of consciousness in an individual fluctuates from moment to moment and is regulated by focus of attention. He says, some states of consciousness have higher focus than others. We propose that ordinary awareness has a fairly low focus of attention compared to peak states or mystical states and other non-ordinary states, end quote. But I think out of everything that I read here, this idea that it's uh Consciousness injects order into systems in proportion to the strength of consciousness present. Let's replace strength with emotion in proportion to the emotion attached at the moment. In proportion to the emotion of consciousness present, if that makes sense. There's something very, very key to emoting I think I am going to talk about this. Another thought just came into mind, but I'll, it'll take me totally off base uh, when it comes to emotion and the fact that we as a human species are endowed with emotion. It's an asset. I'm going to talk about that at another time. Okay, let's move on. Now, let me look at my time. Uh Oh, oh, heck, we're not too far off base here. Here's what I want to end with. And I'd like to get your thoughts on this. This is another sort of epiphany or idea or thought that came up in my my chat with Ro Guiley uh, when I was on her show. And this is really the first time it came to my mind. What if our dreams at some level are being infiltrated? What if somehow someone or something, maybe infiltrating, interfering, planting thoughts. Again, this is not the first time this has come up, but I will say at the time that it came to my mind during my talk with with Rosemary, it was probably the first time I've actually really thought about it. Something that we were discussing at the time made me think about it. As a matter of fact, the movie Inception with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, among other things, brought that element in, that dreams do have the ability or our dreams can, in fact, be interfered with. So ideas that might resemble precognition may be being planted. Now, I know this is way out, guys, but you know, look, everything's on the table when we're musing, right? So let's let's put this on the table. Ideas that are that are being planted in our subconscious, unconscious, and yet we're dreaming about them, uh, masking themselves as precognition, and in accepting the reality of what perhaps has been planted as a precog, the question becomes: Are we adding energy to the likelihood that, that it will play out? Now, again, this connects connects with the idea that I, I uh, or the inference I made earlier about the fact that. Uh, just by observing and accepting the dream that we recall may be adding, maybe we may be adding to the likelihood of its play out. Our consciousness, the real engine, may be needed to apply in order for it to manifest in the 3D. So this idea of dream infiltration, this is something that's interesting to me. And, and certainly if 
there's a remote, no pun, maybe pun intended, remote possibility that this is happening. Uh, we certainly should be looking into it. I don't know. This is, I'm just going to put that out there for you guys. And if you have any thoughts on it, of course, I'd love to hear from you. So in sum, we're talking about the whole idea of the the dynamic at play in what we call precognition or premonition. What is it really? Is precognition or premonition a misnomer if all time is simultaneous? Is it a precognition or premonition if we're actually the ones or at least a player in the game that's helping to actualize it. Are these all probable realities that again, in observing, we know the observer effect, even in the act of observing in the dream state is what brings it to actualization from the wave to the particle and the role of consciousness undergirding undergirding all of this. Timothy Mark Robinson Boy, oh boy, did you open up a can of worms, man. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. I love talking about this stuff, don't you guys? So interesting to muse and so important. Again, we're connected to it all. We do have a stake in this horse race, man. We do have skin in the game. And so we should be thinking about it. Listen, uh, before I forget, uh, Timothy, I hope you're listening. I want you to know that you won the copy of my book, Conscious Musings, that I'll be signing for you. Thank you so much. I'm going to make sure uh, um, make sure you get your address to me so I can send you a copy of my book, Conscious Musings. Thanks so much. Thanks to everyone for your suggestions um, who, uh, who left them uh, in the comment section on my Facebook page. Listen. So this isn't the first time I'm going to do this. This isn't the, this is the first time I've done this. This will not be the last time I do this. I want to solicit ideas from you for conscious commentary, as well as guests, of course, for the regular Higher Journey show. Please, please, there's so many amazing things to talk about. And again, I only want to talk about the things that you're interested in, that we're all interested in. So whether you're leaving me a message uh, on the YouTube channel, um, or on my Facebook page, or you can email me at Higher Journeys, of course. Let me know what you'd like me to talk about. or And of course, I'd love for you to weigh in on what we discussed very briefly today. All right, gang. So I'm going to wrap that up. Let me give you a few announcements before I sign off. Uh, let's see. Next week, Wednesday, February 20th, we will round out our uh, series of pre-Conscious Life Expo speaker interviews. We've done, I think this will be the seventh. We've got Grant Cameron coming up. He will be speaking at the upcoming Conscious Life Expo. And so we had a great chat. That that recording has already taken place. In fact, I'm going to go into production on that maybe today or tomorrow. So stay tuned for that next week. Speaking of consciousness, you know he'll be talking about that as it relates to the ET and UFO phenomenon. So next Wednesday, Higher Journeys, Grant Cameron. Speaking of Conscious Life Expo, that's what's happening next week. Yay! I'll be heading out to Los Angeles for this huge event next week. It begins on Friday, February 22nd. It will commence then and uh, go through February 25th. There will be a post-conference on Monday, the 25th. I will be there for the duration. And while I'm there, I will be interviewing a few folks 
Daryl Anka. Speaking of channeling, he is known to channel uh, Bashar. I love Daryl. I haven't talked to him in quite some time, so it'll be great to hook up with him again. Daryl Anka. These are the interviews that will be coming up. Nassim Haramine. We had a, a sit down, I believe two years ago, where we talked about brainlessness, people that can function without a brain. Of course, the consciousness aspect had to come up there. We'll be sitting down again, Nassim and I. Uh, I believe consciousness will be at the heart of the conversation yet again. Can't talk too much about that. Uh, Billy Carson will be on once again. So excited to, to see Billy and David Adair. Both Billy and David we had on uh, for our pre-expo speakers uh, extravaganza, but they got more to tell us. So stay tuned for that. They will be back uh, as I'm on location at the Conscious Life Expo. So that's about it for now, gang. I hope you enjoyed this chat. Talk amongst yourselves. Think on your own and in silence and in your own silent musings and see what you come up with on, on what we talked about today. As always, I'd love to hear from you. And as always, I thank you for tuning in to Conscious Commentary. Once again, I'm Alexis Brooks. I'll talk to you real soon. Take care.